Well, when your team has been outscored 75 to 7, and it's not quite through two full games that you've played against one of your mm -hmm. heated rivals all year, I can understand why that would make a man not want to show up and, and be a part of a show. But damn it, we still have a job to do around these parts. Unless and that's no excuse. Unless you're a Cardinals fan, then you're just used to that by now. I was gonna say, didn't didn't uh, Cardinals lose last week, seventy-five to seven? Or am, who am I thinking of? No, uh, I think the only team that's been dropped a seventy bomb on is uh, the Denver. Dolphins. That's right. Yeah, the Denver, Dolphins Denver dropped. Dropped, Dolphins dropped the fifty bomb on. Yeah, the they did drop the seventy bomb on the on the Broncos. They they dropped the fifty bomb and then. Because they said that's not enough. We also dropped the 70 bomb. It was not seeing that kind of level of monstrosity of, of uh, carnage in, in a long time. Stop but, hey, it. Stop it. He's dead already. You're, you should be happy. Your, your Cardinals are ahead. Yeah. Yeah. We've been playing really well from what I've seen. Granted, it is the Falcons. Like, I. Well, that's I, not a gimme. Yeah. As time's gone on, I've just been more and more casual with the NFL. Yeah. And so I uh, I literally have uh, Red Zone pulled up and have been watching that. Oh, I, I haven't. I don't have anything pulled up because my first love, my first priority is college football. But Tyler's not here. He won't be able to join us today. So we hope to see him Wednesday. I won't see him Wednesday, but. Uh, I'll be here on Wednesday. Yes. I should he, be he here on Wednesday. He should he no, should be I'll back. Be I I'll be here around in some form or facet Wednesday, but I won't be here for the live recording. But you'll see me. You'll hear me on uh, Spotify if you were watching after the fact. Um, but I guess without further ado, we got a lot to get into. There's been uh, you know some moves made to uh, really see some teams starting their uh, preparations for the 24 season already. Uh, we've already got a couple of teams that are still in the thick of it that have made some decisions that are interesting and we'll, we'll be breaking them all down. Plus going to recap what we saw week 11, two weeks to go in the regular season. And do we have any more answers or just more questions about what is in store for the rest of this 2023 season? All that and more coming up. That's a good win. There's a lot of people. It's like Woodstock, except everybody's got their clothes on. Personal foul. 69. Offense. He's giving them the business. These people don't give a Love you, honey. Well, it's been a while since we've seen each other, Cam, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Feels like it at least. We were we caught up uh on the phone earlier today just yeah, because you're, was... you, you're like, man, I haven't talked to you in like forever. It's like, dude, we just talked on Wednesday, didn't we? Yeah. Or we, we was I dreaming? On, well, we talked on Wednesday, but literally like we got in time for the show, did the stuff pre-show, and then I had to get going. I had to get going. it's been crazy week i you know two broadcasts for me that i had to mm -hmm. to do plus all my other normal work activities and it's just going to be the same way this week with with another couple broadcasts and all my normal work flow but you also know that feeling because you're uh, you're hoping to get 
the schedule shifted around as well yeah, over at your I, office. Yeah, I will. Um, it won't be I, before the end of the football season, though. Apparently, I, unfortunately, yeah. but um, you got to like, get through I was that. talking with my manager um, the other day, and he was saying, like, first week of December is when it's going to officially take place. Um, I'll double check with him again this week, but yeah. So, so in time for bowl games, so that that'll be nice. A yeah. lot of bowl games are Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So yeah, I was gonna say, and and that's what uh, you know what the schedule looks like in in terms of once we get to that point is that there's not a whole lot of uh, things going on during the week those weeks outside of you know uh, early season or a... early recruiting period window mm-hmm. uh, or early signing day, I should say, and and obviously. Uh, just preparation for teams that are going to be making bowl games. It also looks like, by the way, I know we, we haven't uh, had a chance to kind of talk about it just yet, but um, the uh, it looks like we'll see JMU and Jacksonville State in bowl games because I can't imagine there being this whole yeah. surge of bowl-eligible teams that we'll see here in the next two weeks of uh, this season. So, um, If you – if you tune into our Wednesday show, um, we've got them logged on Facebook and and um, YouTube under the same name. Um, that's where we go over the rankings this week. That's when we try to go over the rankings anyway. Yeah, we may have them for Tuesday. But, we might have yeah. at least a rough idea of what they're going to be. Uh, but especially with Tyler not being here, it, it makes it a little bit difficult yeah. to – I, I can't imagine there being much of a change. Uh, I mean, there the big, the, the biggest thing might be changing at the top, Cam. If I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah, there might be a slight change at the top, and I know if I do one of the things I did, um, tune in to see. Um, I know if I do one of the things that I did again, then um, there they might not be there. But I, I I thought that they were still at number four, though. Well, and, and here's the thing. And we'll, we'll talk about it here in a moment when we recap the week that was. Uh, we do have to get to some news and, and nuggets that have come out in the, uh, in the interim between the games yesterday and uh, throughout the week as, as we uh, – and, and showtime today. But, you know, the biggest thing – to me is that there is apparently something you have to do instead of just winning, you have to be impressive while winning still. And, you know, FSU has had That's a couple, say. had a couple of closer calls uh, as of recently, but you know, I, I give them, I give them the pass for yesterday with a rivalry game. I mean, I was going to say Miami is definitely a pass. Like, yeah. Miami, Miami still, even with, uh, starting a, a you know quarterback that was making his second career start, and he put his his heart on the line for for the the Hurricanes and really Such kept them in that game. Big rivalry though. Like, yeah, and so yeah. I mean, if, if you expected it to be a, an absolute blowout, that you don't really truly appreciate the Florida State Miami rivalry. But again, we'll we'll get to that in a moment. First, uh, we're gonna talk about some moves made around the uh, college football landscape there have been some coaching changes we'll start with uh penn state's offensive coordinator mike yursich he is uh he's out of a job after Mm -hmm. yesterday's performance which we'll talk more about later on in the show 
Uh, but that's really the, the biggest nugget out of um, the the news of, of what mm-hmm. came out is that Yursich, you know, they're, they're doing good things offensively, but when you break it down, looking at the numbers, um, it, it does leave a little bit of, of something to be desired. Yeah. Uh, and again, we'll, We'll talk more about that as we go further along. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Andy Avalos, he's let go over at Boise. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of surprising. Even though Boise 5-5 five and five on the season, they're still 4-2 and two in right. the conference and, and in control of their destiny with, you know, a little bit of help. They can be one of the two teams because they still play Air Force, uh, not this week but next week, in terms of trying to make it to the Mountain West title game and, and win the Mountain West t- conference that, I mean, who's to say that, that this is a program heading in the wrong direction. I don't, I don't think they they're in danger of not finishing above 500 cam. What, what I don't find the move. Um, I, I think it's just because so many people like myself included, I'll be the first person to admit it had Boise state as the group of five representative and competing for that. And quite frankly, they haven't, they, um, they, they kind of are a bit of a letdown this year. And Boise is a program that expects excellence. And when you're not getting that, I don't like, even at the, I've got a lot of family that's Boise State fans, and they, they're they've all been let down just because it feels like Avalos has been complacent, um, and Harson, especially towards the end of his tenure there, felt even more complacent than Avalos is. Yeah, and so they don't. They, they were talking about, we don't want it to get to that point again, where it's just like, oh, we've been here before. We had, we had Coach Peterson, whose argument for a top 10 college football coach of all time. Yeah, best in, best it, in school yeah. history for sure. Yeah. Um, and then you go from him to Harson, who, yeah, there was – Yes, Boise was a little down under him, but now they've basically fallen off of a cliff. Like, and I know the cupboard was bare to begin with, but well, but that's the thing is that it can't be both. You can't have say Mm -hmm. that the the cupboard was bare when you were expecting a New Year Six kind of appearance from this team preseason. And I'll, I'll be the you know the one to say for me at least. I thought they they had as good a shot as yeah. any, but I also knew that they had a really tough non-conference schedule. I saw them losing to Washington. Mm-hmm. I saw them losing to UCF at home in in a in a tough game, and I had them losing to Memphis. I think that I was the mm-hmm. only one that had those three you losses, were. but but I had I think I only had them losing one time in in conference play, which I, I think that meant I had them eight and four. The best that they can do at this point is seven and five. So, you know, it's, it is to be, to be fair to say that nobody really kind of expected yeah. Air Force to be off to as great of a start as they got off to UNLV to really take this next step and resurgence and everything. But mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think Boise just, you know, this year they, they underperformed expectations, yeah. but that doesn't mean I that 
yeah, it was one of those things that was going to continue into next year. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to add as well. Like, I don't, I, I personally wouldn't have made the move now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if you're going to make the move, I can understand it and whatnot. However, I would have waited until closer to the off season. So they wanted to get a jump on trying to find yeah, the next. I next wonder if there was, I wonder if there was some internal stuff too, to it. I don't think Boise's changed too much in the past couple of years, as far as the athletic department goes, um, and who oversees both football and the, and is the AD as a whole. Yeah. So I. I don't know, but there could have been, and I mean, eventually it it can add up to where it's like, oh, here we are, two games left in the season. And quite frankly, as somebody who's a fan of another school in the Mountain West, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Especially well, since we may or may not play them on Saturday. I was just saying, I mean, especially, you know, things things could be worse for for Boise. They I mean they they had the really just the kind of the head scratcher against Colorado State, but it's it's not been like they've had the worst season of all. Uh but you know, they did win last night, sending out their, their coaching style with a win over New Mexico, mm-hmm. but um, it was New Mexico though. It was New Mexico and, and I mean it could have been worse. You could have yeah. You could have won a game fifty-one to ten, and then woken up the next morning and said, "Okay, uh, that was great. Thanks for your uh, services, but so long, farewell. We'll we'll ship your we'll ship your mail to your new forwarding address." Uh, oh wait, that actually did happen to somebody, uh, Mr. Jimbo Fisher. The big one. The the big yeah the big time move made. Uh, I, I heard he's looking for a, a couch to crash on Cam, so. You want to help him out? He's 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 just going to be there for like a couple nights max. You know, he, he's he he doesn't I actually have room yeah. on my couch. Yeah, I'll I'll slide it. I'll I'll, I'll send him a text. And Sounds see. good. I mean, you know, you know, he's he's He'll just appreciate he, living he, in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, Idaho. Probably he's he's down on his luck. He doesn't have a whole lot of money left for you know a hotel room for the night. He he just needs a a couple nights on your couch, and he'll be back on his feet in no time. Don't worry about him. Yeah. So, so I, this, I could probably get him a job as well since he's getting 70 million. He can afford working my job. Yeah. I was going to say what five times the, what was one of the biggest buyouts in history at the time for his offensive yeah. coordinator, Bobby Petrino back at, at Arkansas. And, and he's getting like 70, 75 million. So listen to this. Uh, 28, 26, 45, 23, 28, 13, 28-24. Those are the scores of four losses from the 2018 season. And I mean, when you hear Clemson, Alabama, Auburn in 2018, those are absolutely understandable, especially with two of those games being, uh, or three of those games. Even actually today, being, most of those would not be bad losses. No. Uh, you look at 24 to 10, 28-20, 47-28, 19-13, 50 to seven. Okay. That's maybe a little bit worse in 2019, but I mean, you did, you have to go against the best team ever, according to pundits with LSU on the road, 50 to seven, of course. I mean, 
the fact that they even put up seven points against that vaunted team. I mean, that's, that's an accomplishment of itself. They, that's they, better they, than a lot of teams did against that. Yeah. They, they lost that 19 team. to 13 in Athens against Georgia that year. They played Alabama tough at home, but only lost to them by 20. They nearly beat Auburn at home, but they lost to them by eight and they had to go on the road and lost by two scores to Clemson. Okay. Well, you know, I, you know what? I'll, I'll give you this 52 to 24 in 2020 one loss. Okay. Things are finally turning around year three should have been a playoff team. Arguably they didn't get the chance to, they win the orange bowl over North Carolina 2021. Mm-hmm. Things are looking like things are, are finally starting to get there after they give them an extension 20 to 10 in Arlington, the first loss to Arkansas in almost a decade. 26-22 to Mississippi State at home. 29 to 19 at Ole Miss in Oxford. You beat Alabama that year, 41-38. You finally get over the bugaboo of the Alabama schools, 20 to 3 over Auburn and 41-38 over mm-hmm. Alabama. And then Mississippi to some comes in and wrecks stuff up. And also 27-24 to uh, LSU that year. I want to make sure that that was uh, mentioned. Why does it not have their bowl game? From Oh, they didn't play in a bowl game. That's right. They, because yeah, in 2020, the they dropped out because yeah. of COVID. Yeah, that's because right. Because of forgot, COVID. I forgot about that. So that let Rutgers, uh, that let Rutgers take their spot. Uh, okay, well, eight and four, that's not kind of what you want to see. But as much talent as they've got, 2022 has got to be their year, right? 17 to 14, Appalachian State. 42 to 24, Mississippi State. 24 20 at Alabama had a chance on the final play of the game. Alabama ended up being a two loss team. 30 to 24 at South Carolina. 31 28 to Mississippi at home. 41 24 to Florida at home. 13 to 10 at Auburn. 5 and 7, missing a bowl game. They did get to win over LSU. That was pretty good. But uh, you turn around. All right, 2023. This has got to be it. You got to get some road wins. Things got to be looking better. 48-33 loss at Miami. 26-20 loss to call it to Alabama at home in College Station. 20-13 in Neyland Stadium in Knoxville. 38-35 at Ole Miss. Even though they finally got a win over Mississippi State, it, it didn't matter. The the boosters, they had enough. I honestly didn't expect them to, you know, go ahead and, and get rid of him now. I, I thought that this was going to be a uh, move made at the end of the year, regardless of, yeah. of what ended up happening. Yes and no. I kind of figured it was going to come at some point. Mm-hmm. I... I definitely was like you where I was like, okay, it's going to be at the end of the year. But I I was like, at the same time, A&M boosters are not very patient people. So well, considering that he ended up having a worse record in the same span of time that Kevin Sumlin had mm-hmm. and they got rid of Kevin Sumlin. I mean, that's, it's, it yeah. should show you. I mean that. So what was the record on the road uh, the last like couple of years? It was like one and nine, or they hadn't won a road game since. I can't remember. Like, I think they hadn't won a road game was, since 2021, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. 2021. I have to, could go back and look, but that would require. Uh, I, I've got it pulled up on my second screen here. 
Okay. When was the last time AM won a road game? Was it Colorado in 2021? So, Mizzou in 2021. Okay. Missouri, not the same program that they are today, of course. 2022. Scroll down. Didn't happen, right? No home, no road lot, no that, no no road road wins, and no road wins this year. That's the word, and then no road wins this year because they got Miami, they had uh, Ole Miss, and they had the Tennessee game, and then the only other loss they've got so far is is Alabama. mm -hmm. Yeah, and whether or not you agree with it or not, like I. I, I don't think he should have been fired yet. I think they should have waited and seen how the season played out. I mean, but it was it was not. I, way, I think there was I think there was the expectation with as much talent that they yeah. were able to bring in, whether it was you know with the NIL fund or or otherwise mm-hmm. with the recruiting rankings they were at. You know, they had yeah. the, they had Jimbo. He's he's got a national championship. This is you know this is a pedigree there. They brought in Bobby Petrino. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter that Connor Wegman went down. Max Johnson actually looked like he was better for the offense. Mm-hmm. So what's the weak link at the end of the day? The patience worn yeah, a bit too thin. I, I was going to say, and you can only buy that for so long at a place like A&M. Yeah. And so because of that, like, it is what it is. 84 years, Cam. 84 years since they were last champions of college football and the streak is not going to end anytime soon. It doesn't appear. Probably not, but all right. So you know what though? At least we get a and M and Texas back. Hey, that'll be interesting. And it won't be Jimbo Jimbo. No, maybe, maybe that was the plan ultimately for Jimbo. He didn't want to see a and M and Texas have to face off against each other. So he's like, Okay, as soon as they announced they were joining the conference, okay, that was back in 2021. Well, they had all these expectations coming in after Mm -hmm. what a great year 2020 was. It tracks. He knew about how much time he had to really bring the ship crashing to the ground Mm -hmm. so he could avoid having to coach in the Lone Star rivalry. Yeah. Do you have any theories on who the next coach will be there? Uh. I've seen I know a lot. I've seen a lot of names. That yeah. does not mean that uh, th- that it's going to be the the names that have been listed. Neil but, Brown, right? <laughs> uh, Neil Brown has been tied to it. I've seen Rich Rod. I've seen uh, Jimbo actually tied to West Virginia, which is funny. But uh, no, it wasn't even it wasn't even RJ who brought it up. By the way, no, <laughs> that would that would have been funny. He said you you see. Uh, Jimbo take West Virginia, Neil Brown go uh, to Florida, and Billy Napier go to A and M. Like, like we're we're trading buddies or something like that. Trading uh, spouses. I, I I don't know. I don't think I want to be involved in this no. college football version of swingers, man. I'll tell you what. No, I wouldn't but, either. Uh, but yeah, no. Like it, it's definitely something to pay attention to. Um, I know that you had mentioned a lot of people have been trying to connect the dots to where MCDC winds yeah. up there. He better not. I I will. I I yes I am a 
Arizona Cardinals fan, but I, you can even ask BJ since the start, I've bandwagoned with Dan Campbell and uh, MCDC there in Detroit. I, I've become a huge fan of him and what he's doing up there. I would not want to see him. No, I mean, the, the thing, the thing maroon, by the way, but the thing about it is, is that, I mean, you've got, mm-hmm. uh, if you're, if you're Dan Campbell, you're on the precipice. Obviously there's a, it's a long ways away, but mm-hmm. if you in the playoff drought of, you know, in terms of, uh, you're set losing playoff games, if, if, if you, you, you can win a playoff game, they, they'll be, you know, getting ready to, to buy you drinks for years to come in Detroit. If you win the whole darn thing, if you win a Super Bowl while you're the head coach of the you Detroit Lions. You are a Lions, god. Yeah. They're, they're, you're going to, it's not going to be Ford Field. It's it's going to be Campbell Field in Detroit. Yeah. With, with, or Campbell. Ford Field at field. Campbell Stadium. There you go. You could do yeah. Campbell Field at Ford Field. <laughs> Campbell Field at Ford Stadium. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. But uh, no, no I, I don't. I don't legitimately buy I don't. that. I legitimately uh, don't. I the don't thing think... about it is, is when we when we went through this with the hiring of Jimbo Fisher, not a whole lot of you know credibility was given to that because well, what what purpose would he have for leaving Florida State at that point as the Lions kicked the walk off field goal to win in in SoFi? Um, what what purpose would he have to to win or to to leave? You know, Florida State to go to Texas A&M. Yeah, we as asked much as, that as, same question, and he yeah. did because Aggie money talks. Aggie money, they think at least will buy them results, buy them victories. It it may give them the ingredients, but mm-hmm. if somebody's in the kitchen cooking up more turnovers than Jameis Winston, can't do anything about it. You can have all the ironically a Jimbo quarterback. I could have all the ingredients to make a beautiful gourmet dinner. With a, with a, uh, what do you even call it? The the souffle. You can make a souffle. Souffle. I, yeah. I can make a Still. five course five course meal with a souffle, and because I don't know how to cook, it's not going to taste well. Yeah. I'm telling you. It, it still wind up with uh, having to order on DoorDash famous James's turnovers, right? Yeah, something along those lines. So it's going to be interesting. We'll of course keep you advised as to. Yeah, what ends sure. up happening? Who the next man in charge of Texas A&M is going to be? Um, but that's not all we've got to talk about today. We'll go ahead and, and go back to the week that was in college football. Starting on a Thursday. Well, this was interesting. Louisville really just, ah, I am trying to avoid, I'm, I'm trying to give myself something to describe this game other than the word struggle fuck. And I can't think of it. This was, this was a game that had uh, f- fruggle, a fruggle struck, <laughs> a fruggle struck. <laughs> I didn't think about that. I did not think about the word fruggle struck, uh, in terms of trying to come up with one. Uh, but, <laughs> no, I mean, just think about it. this. This was a game that Louisville, and all for all intents and purposes, should have dominated. Uh, this was this was one that they were up mm-hmm. fourteen nothing at halftime. They were leading through a good majority of the third quarter, and then in the span of like three minutes, 
All of that comes crashing down. Virginia scores a touchdown. They get a pick six. They tie it. They get another stop. Virginia does. And they get a big play to their running back who fumbles on a very scary, a very scary and serious hit. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's picked up with the fumble and run in like a scoop and score offensively, which you don't see a whole lot. Um, and Virginia's leading as we go to the fourth quarter, and you're thinking, well, oh my, here we go. ACC picture gonna be even murkier now. <laughs> no. Coastal Louisville chaos still exists. Yeah, Louisville came back and yeah. and outscored the who's in the fourth quarter, 17 to 3. But that's the thing is that I just Louisville to me continues to not impress after the, the win over Notre Dame. It, I, I just Yeah, it was I on, I know you're watching this. Oh, that uh, nearly missed. <laughs> you're uh, oh you were a smidge ahead of me. So thank well, you. Uh, you're welcome. The, let's the, go. How do you feel that the tank is is starting to crumble though? Hey, you know what? I'm okay without the first overall pick. Because <laughs> you gotta you got be not, nice and let the, uh, the you gotta be the, nice and let let the, the Panthers can take Caleb Williams. They can't because their their first round pick goes to Chicago. Well, Chirac can take him then. <laughs> I don't think we're allowed to say that, Cam. Uh, no. <laughs> anyway, this this Louisville team has not been impressive yeah, to me. But the thing about it is, is that speaking of Cardinals, I, I just don't think you can even. I uh, this game. I I wasn't able to watch the whole thing because I worked that yeah. night, and it it was just sloppy, like all around sloppiness from what I saw. Like it wasn't just Louisville was sloppy. Virginia was sloppy as well. Like, And and the thing for Virginia is they've had so many close calls. They did get the win over North Carolina, but they've had Mm -hmm. so many other close calls this year. Like their, their record is, I'm not even going to make the Nebraska 2021 joke because it's not that case. Best two wins. (laughs) To best two and eight team all time. They never lost. But I mean, let's here, I'll, I'll pull it up. I, yeah, no, I I know what you mean. We have seen growth in year two under Tony Elliott. Thirty six, thirty five to JMU, like that is impressive in of itself to me. You look at twenty four, twenty one against NC State, twenty seven, twenty four against Boston College, twenty nine, twenty six overtime loss to Miami, and then of course thirty one, twenty four. So that's mm-hmm. what three, four, five one score losses. Let's see, one, two, three, yeah, yeah five like- one score losses. Five of their eight one score games were losses. Then they have a one score win in North Carolina, which is just kind of inexplicable in of its own right. But yeah, no, really, honestly, really outside of the Tennessee and Maryland games, like they've, they've and Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech. Yeah. But they, they've kind of hung around in every game. And even in that Georgia Tech game, they were in it for most of the game. Yeah. It's just, they threw like, three or four interceptions in a row or something like that. And like Georgia tech just was able to capitalize on those mistakes. By the way, Paris Jones is recovering uh, after spinal surgery. They said he was able Mm -hmm. to, to walk a a little bit uh, on his own. That's good. 
So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. CeeDee Lamb, the first player in NFL history with three straight games of 10 catches and 150 or more receiving yards. That is a crazy stat. Um, but that's NFL. We're not talking about that. Okay, we move on. Let's go to let's go to Saturday's games. And uh, I mean, there shouldn't be any surprise. Ohio State playing Michigan State. It was not as much of the off of them. Yeah, it was not as much of the snuff film as I thought it was going to be. But mm-hmm. Ohio State did exactly what they needed to do. They they're yeah. ten to zero and thirty to three. Yeah, like it didn't have to be, and Ohio State no. just did enough. Um and Michigan State's bad. Yeah. What more I mean, needs to be said? Not much. Marvin Harrison Jr. made history, had three touchdowns, uh, two through the air in uh, the big win for the Buckeyes, who moved to 10-0. And there's there's going to be some questions. There's going to be some questions uh, on Tuesday night. I think there is uh, – you know, we, we talked about it last Tuesday. We'll talk about it this Tuesday. Mm-hmm. There's now an argument to be had with the last two weeks for – the Buckeyes to slip a bit and the Bulldogs of Georgia, who we'll talk about more momentarily the dogs. to, to usurp yeah. them as the number one team in the land uh, rivalries. Of course you expect them to be a close game. Even if you're talking about a team that should be arguably seven and three right now, but instead they are six and four because they were not able to, uh... Oh wow. Randy Bullock made a field goal. It's 42 to 10. They weren't able to uh, – man, that's that's sad, though. 82-10 to 10 in the two games this year, and it's still not even over. Yeah. Speaking uh, of snuff films. They, they weren't able to, to get the victory over Georgia Tech because of the kneel down that went, went wrong. But mm-hmm. you got to give credit to uh, Emory Williams for what he was able to do, keeping Miami in this game. They went into halftime. You know, they had a, a 10 to 7 advantage, I think, at one point, or they and, and Florida State tied it up at 10. Miami led 13 to, to 10 early in the third before Florida State retook the lead and, and they wouldn't give it back up. It was 27 to 13. Miami got a, a big passing touchdown um, to even really give themselves a chance as, as Jacoby George went 85 yards. But it, it was, you know, when, when, Williams went down with an injury on the last drive and Tyler Van Dyke came in. It, it kind of just were thinking, well, yeah. that's, that's likely going to be it. There's, there's no mm-hmm. chance that they're going to be able to, to get it going. And they, they got across midfield, but need a little bit more incompletion on fourth down and, and Florida state assaults it away. So FSU is in the ACC title game. They were already, whether they had won or lost because they are eight and oh in ACC competition, but, Still some question marks there. They've got North Alabama, who they'll beat handily, and then they're at Florida to close out the year. But will it be Louisville? Will it be North Carolina? Those are uh, the, likely the only two that could uh, knock them down. And North Carolina's got two road games to close mm-hmm. out the year, while Louisville, I think, just has to survive a road trip to Miami, which seems very doable. If, if Louisville were to win, then it will be Louisville and uh, Florida State in the ACC title race. Yeah. No, but I love what Williams brought to the table. Like he he played with his heart, which yeah. is which 
I'll be real is something we have not seen at Miami since it's been a while. Like since we saw somebody lay it all out like that for the Hurricanes. And so it, it was very impressive to see. Um, and like in a rivalry like this, you expect Florida State Miami to be a close game. And Miami did their best. Um, if Williams didn't get hurt, who knows? Like they still had to go like 80 or 90 yards. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, I think they still had to go about but, 65 yeah. yards when he got hurt. He got the fourth down conversion on like a fourth and two, but they were still on their own end. They got to midfield, uh, but I can't I can't remember how much further they still had to go. I'm going to go quickly through some of these other scores that we're not going to talk about as much. Uh, Kansas State, Wallop, Baylor, as you'd expect, 59-25. Kansas State uh, gets back to on the winning ways after last week's tough overtime loss to Texas. Great look job at riding this ship. Iowa shuts out Rutgers, and the under still somehow hit. They had three field goals and, uh, well, I guess one touchdown maybe uh, from – Hill, their quarterback, 22 to nothing. Iowa, 8-2, and two, and just, I mean, no offense, but defense wins games enough that they're mm-hmm. still in the thick of it and likely going to be the Big Ten West winner in the last instance Update. of division. What's up? Update, we since we haven't talked about it really yet, Brian Ferentz is out, though, at the end of the year. And well, so we'll be through that snuff film from yeah. Iowa. So I was going to say, you're, you know, you're not kidding. That's that whoever they're going to get to try to replace him as the offensive coordinator. I think hopefully. a rock is an upgrade over Ryan Rocky Ferentz. from Rocky from SpongeBob. Yeah. Rocky from SpongeBob. He's not just a boulder. He's a rock. Oklahoma ended their two game losing skid. G- Dylan Gabriel had a really impressive night. He was responsible. I don't know if you saw this camp. He was responsible for eight mm-hmm. touchdowns, five through the air and three on I the ground. See that. Yeah, it was, it was just one of those things that truly remarkable. His three rushing touchdowns came uh, with a tally of nine rushing yards total, but Oklahoma ends their losing skid with a 59 to 20 win over West Virginia. So I thought that West Virginia was going to be able to, hang around and be a bit more competitive, but Oklahoma had more. Yeah. Oklahoma had more demons to exercise than, uh, than West Virginia did in that game. No surprise. Oregon state handles Stanford 62 to 17. Mm -hmm. Damian Martinez scored four rushing touchdowns. Nobody saw this because it was on, uh, on that uh, home and garden TV network that they call the pac 12. I think HGTV actually has more, uh, viewers. I was going to say, I can at least get HGTV on YouTube TV. That is true. Do I have the add-on for it? No, of course not, but... Why, why would you? Right? I still have the option. You have the least. option. We don't even get the option with the the Sports Plus, I don't think. No, it's stupid. Which is just ridiculous. And you live closer to Pac-12 country than anybody. I, I was just... going to say, I am literally the, the closest school to me for the fbs level um second actually is 
the University of Utah. Yeah. That's amazing. And because... I can't watch some of their games because yeah. they're on the fucking Pac-12 network. Are you closest to Wyoming? No, or I'm Boise? closest to Utah State, actually. Oh, okay. Cool. Logan's only about two. It's another hour and a half to Salt Lake. Okay. And then and then the next would be Boise. Okay. So it goes Utah State, Utah, Boise. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Kind of doxing myself. Say, so no, no, when no, I no, get no. hate mail. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's gonna get lost out there in the abyss trying to find you. So um it's eastern Idaho. There's nothing. There's yeah, nothing. There, there's no mailboxes out there. Uh Alabama, they were going to be going to the SEC championship, but they solidified that with mm-hmm. a 49 21 victory over Kentucky. Jalen Milro. Six touchdowns accounted for. Six, three through the air, three on the ground. Um, Milrow's that's, been that, impressive. As he, he's, he's definitely gotten better and better as things have gone along. You, know, you got a uh, potential rushing touchdown for Rico Dowdle. It looks like he's in. Uh, they're going to say he's down at the one, I think. Yeah. Either way, impressive. Either way. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a dominant performance. All right, let's talk about some other games that we don't have on the slides. In double overtime, Duke, without having Riley Leonard, they're down to their third-string quarterback, but you've got to admire the tenacity and the grit from uh, quarterback, uh, I think it was Grayson Loftus. And they, they came back in the fourth quarter. They were down, I believe, at one point, 26-14. They took the lead, 29-26. And then Grayson in the final, Loftus, yes. Yeah, in the final two minutes, the team's just going back and forth and back and forth. Mm-hmm. You had – North Carolina's get a touchdown to take a 33-29 lead under two to go. Duke answers in a little over a minute. They, they take a minute 14. On fourth down and 10, Grayson Loftus throws up a pass. Jordan Moore is able to catch and go in the end zone. How did he get behind the defense? Don't know. 41 seconds. That's still too much time because North Carolina goes down the field and kicks a field goal to send it in overtime. The two teams trade field goals in the first overtime. Mm-hmm. North Carolina gets a touchdown and the deuce, even though they may have had an ineligible man in the end zone in on that two point conversion. But that is, uh, you know, that's you didn't Let's hear gloss from me. over that fact. Yeah, you you didn't hear that from me. That was something that you can watch on the film. But Duke answers. They get a touchdown. They just need the two to send it into penalty kicks and triple overtime. Pass falls incomplete. They're not able to get it. So Duke falls 47-45. And the fans stormed the field in Chapel Hill to celebrate senior night, I guess, or the win over a six and four Duke squad. Yeah, no, impressive job by Duke to just kind of hang around. I, I like what El- Elko's doing there. Yeah, and, and I, you, I, you know that this I would hope be, he stays. I, I hope so too. And you know that this team better, would be better record wise had Riley Leonard not gotten hurt. Mm-hmm. They they have, uh, you know, I've, I've been really impressed with Bucky Waters, but. It's it's just they don't have enough. It's not Bucky Waters. Who's it? The Ricky Waters? No, it's Bucky. It's, it's Jordan not Bucky Waters. Irving. Jordan Waters. Okay, sorry. Bucky I knew it was Irving Waters. is. I knew Bucky Irving's yeah. in Oregon. I won't get there, but yeah. I thought it was. I, I thought it was Bucky Waters for some reason. Just ignore that. It is. It is Jordan Waters. Uh, Tulane, another close game. Inexplicably, they they survive a late push from Tulsa at home, 24-22. They're 9-1, but the last couple games just really not impressive. Very me. underwhelming. And 
yeah, I, I think that if if this is how they're going to be playing, like you look, <clears throat> excuse me, you go back, their last really impressive win was the game at Memphis when they won by 10. They were 6-0 in conference, but there were three teams in the, the American that have that same uh, conference record. And Tulane, one of them, if they can w- pick up a win over FAU, they will be a win at home away from hosting, I believe, the uh, the American Conference title game yet again. But seven-point win at home over North Texas. Two-point win on the road at Rice when they were fully healthy with JT Daniels. Three-point win at East Carolina where they were trailing a good majority of the game. Two-point mm-hmm. win at home over Tulsa. I, this just not this is inexplicable i mean two of those teams are a combined two and ten in the conference the other two you look at are are actually no three of those games are they're combined three and 15 in the conference rice is two and four thank you ncaa for making it to where this is probably going to be our group of five representatives oh, i mean they they still have to win they still have to mm-hmm. win a potential american title game and so that i mean that could be the case uh arizona i hope i jinxed it arizona kicks a walk-off field goal uh they survived their trip up to boulder and they take down the buffs 34 31 <laughs> arizona moves to seven and three on the year that's still still an outside chance at a pac-12 championship game appearance but they, they're Dear gonna need God, some help i hope not <laughs> well like i said i mean they oregon state still has an outside chance but they're Those gonna need help. Buffoons are bad enough. I know um, you, you're just loving this the possibility of Arizona being the, the Pac 12 South champion, even though they don't do divisions anymore. But yeah, I the know, fact that three but, teams in the north could be ahead of them. Uh, honestly, it's I I I hate this. I hate this. I'm glad I'm wearing this shirt, but I hate this. <laughs> um Arizona's been really good this year. I, I like what Jed Fish has done. Um, Boulder's never an easy place to go. No. Um, so getting a finding a way to win there is always really good. And Arizona just is solid. They're a very solid team. And you know you're going to get their A game every single week. And I mean, if they make it to the Pac-12 title game, character growth here, um, or there's someone over here holding a gun to my head, I will neither (laughs) confirm nor deny that, though. Um, But um, Arizona is... Like, if they make it, they definitely earned it. Like, it's not it's not going to be a total fluke type of situation. They yeah. will have earned a spot there. Absolutely. And, and you look at their three losses they've got on the season are not even the worst, and they could have won all three of those games. This is much improved Wildcat squad that – you know, Mississippi got, State is probably the only bad loss they got. Yeah, and even then, that's on the road in overtime mm-hmm. early in the season before yeah. either team really figured out who they were or yeah. what they were. Yeah, Washington and USC back to back. Yeah, a lot of and teams triple overtime in one of those that. games. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is my. I'm. I'm gonna go ahead. We're we're not doing our 
personal segment since Tyler's not here, but I'm, I can't think of anybody better to give a baller of the week award to than Jane Daniels accounted for 606 total yards. The first FBS quarterback to have at least 350 passing yards and 200 rushing yards in the same game. LSU takes down Florida 52 to 35 on Saturday night. Jane Daniels, uh, really a big reason for it because I think all of their running backs are hurt. Logan Diggs didn't play. They had another uh, running back that went down in the game that would have helped. But, yeah, uh, it just mm-hmm. you just had a, a little, you know, no no answer. Florida had no answer for, for Jaden yeah. Daniels. Kudos to Jaden Daniels. He's been – He's been really good this year. Like he's at least going to be in New York at the end of the year. So for Florida, the that. for Florida, because of that Arkansas loss, the path is you got to either win at Missouri or you've got to beat Florida State at home just to go bowling. That seems pretty daunting, if you ask me. Uh, all right, let's look around the rest of the country. You had Jason Bean go down and Kansas. Nearly pulled it out in the fourth quarter. They left a little too much time for Baron Morton after they kicked a field goal to tie it up at 13 with under a minute to go. Texas Tech gets in field goal range, kicks a walk-off boot to win 16-13 to and pull off the upset. And still somehow inexplicably, Texas Tech is still alive for outside chance of an appearance in the Big 12 title game. Of course, that's, you know, that's further down the road. There's There's got to be a lot more chaos that happens for that to even be a possibility, but uh, it's possible thanks to, in large part, to getting some help from uh, UCF, who upsets number 15 Oklahoma State, and it wasn't even close. They had, uh, what, three yeah. picks of of uh, Alan Bowman. Ollie Gordon yeah. got hurt in the game, and for his credit, you got to give uh, R.J. Harvey almost the, the looking like <coughs> Ollie Gordon award, because yeah. he ran 24 times, 206 yards, and Three touchdowns. They they dominated this game, Cam. Yeah, B, BJ and I were talking about this on the phone earlier. Like the fact the the fact that Oklahoma State lost this game is not, understandable, but not the surprising. Fact the way they did it, the way that they lost, though. Um, like I I knew UCF was a good team. Like especially now that they've got pretty much all their offensive pieces back together because yeah. They 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 had been good, but not great because they had so many injuries. And so, like, you see that this offense is finally getting healthy. <laughs> and in the past few weeks, UCF has been really good. Um, almost knocking off Oklahoma, going yeah. on the road to Nippert. And yeah. and uh, losing to West Virginia, like in the in between those, like not at home, nothing too too surprising, but no, and nothing mm-hmm. too inexplicable either. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I definitely did not have UCF absolutely beat the crap yeah. out of Oklahoma State. I did not have that on my bingo card. No, I don't think anybody did truly. And if somebody says they did, then uh, I think they are a liar. Uh, yeah, man, you're talking about that pass play is going to take Tommy DeVito up over probably 60 yards in the game, but 
he he's had less than a hundred today. Uh, there's three other games that were close enough that we're talking about them. Is Bo Nix the Heisman leader? Do you, I, he's got to be, right? He he at one point had thrown two completions and two attempts for over 100 yards and two touchdowns mm-hmm. to start off the game against USC. He had a 77-yarder and an 84-yarder uh, in the first quarter. And, you know, Oregon pulled away. They ultimately, I mean, this was a 36-14 game at the start of the fourth quarter before USC got a couple of late touchdowns, uh, one from Caleb Williams to Brendan Rice, and Austin Jones ran in a touchdown to make it a 36-27 game. But, I mean, this was a game that Oregon, they they dominated. They didn't have to do a whole lot because their defense really made life difficult for Caleb Williams, as you expected. Uh, You know, Oregon – continues to play their best football yeah, coming we, after that seen, Oregon loss or that yeah, Washington yeah. loss, I should say. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And we've seen this year, unlike years past, when when you start putting pressure on Williams, he he's not he has not been as great at creating plays as we've seen in the past. Like mm-hmm. I feel like he's trying to too hard almost to be like, see, look, I uh, I can be a pocket passer. Like, see, look, I can I can do what I was doing last year. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, because the thing that made him so impressive last year and years past was his ability to escape the pocket and create those plays. But this year, for whatever reason, because the offensive line hasn't been bad, um, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, he's just kind of stuck in the pocket and not created plays. Whereas Bo Nix, we knew had the ability to do that on the other side. And this year he's doing more of it. Like it's so impressive what Nix is doing. And I do agree. I, I've got him right now as my personal Heisman front runner. I, I probably paid the least attention of the three of us to Heisman just because I tend to be more of a defensive guy than than BJ or Tyler. And yeah. so I I could give a shit about it because I, I know <laughs> I know players that I'm like, oh, they should be in the running for it. No, they'll yeah. they'll never be in the they'll running. They'll never for have it. a chance. I mean mm-hmm. if, if Will Anderson didn't win it in, in 2021 over Bryce Young, I mean that's Will Anderson, uh, Ndamukong Sue, his year, yeah, at, his years at Nebraska was, it should have been even more in the running than he already was. Yeah. By the way, I'm I'm going to need your help to keep up with the ending of that game. My TV just kind of had a crap out moment. Okay. Uh, Seattle, Washington. So yeah, I'll, I'll see let you can, know. Yeah, I'll see if I can get that fixed. Uh, moving on, we got uh, probably the person that you can make the argument is is leading the the, the Heisman case or, or was it for a while but maybe not anymore now and that's Michael Penix they Huskies had a, a scare with Utah <laughs> on uh, on Saturday they were they were trailing at halftime this was looking like it was you know Utah was going to be able to answer the the Washington offense with with Bryson Barnes similar to how they did on the road at USC then the Huskies really come away with the biggest play of the game uh, when Utah down five late in the third. 
Uh, they look like they get a pick six, and then it was the King Clay moment. Utah alertly falls on it, but they're at their own one-yard line. Immediately Washington playing yeah. pass, not checkers, gets a safety, seven-point lead, and then the defense holds uh, Utah out the rest of the way. Yeah, that was uh, that was something. <laughs> like we we've seen Utah in a few of those moments where it's like they the it, in the past we've seen them drop the ball at the one and then yeah swing momentum and get blown out because of it. But uh, I don't I understand why you called the play that you did in that case. Because mm-hmm. you do, you do want to create a little bit more space, but the play design was like the most obvious. Like everyone in the stadium knew what it knew what was coming. So, yeah, kudos to the Washington defensive coordinator for making the call to stop it. Um, yeah, just but, because you know yeah, it's coming does not Utah. mean you can stop it. I mean that's that's the biggest yeah. thing. And, and no, Utah's been really good this year at being competitive in games like this where it's like oh they don't they don't have a chance yada 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 utah does crap like this yeah pretty much every week the only the only time it's really felt like they were out out of a game is um the oregon game yeah and that was Um, i think that really kind of could show you who's been the best team in the mm-hmm. in the the uh, Pac-12 yeah. this year. Yeah, Washington has struggled a lot against teams like Oregon or Utah. They're very physical teams, so it'll be interesting to see what happens because on the rest of their slate, they have Oregon State this week. Yep, and then on the, the road at Reeser. And then mm-hmm. the Apple Cup. Yeah. And Washington State is not the most physical team in the Pac-12. No, Oregon and, and State. After, Oregon after, State, though. Has, has it been five in a row for, for Washington State that they've dropped after the loss yeah. to Cal yesterday? Mm-hmm. And I don't even know who Washington State has this week. But um, Let's see. I, I don't know. Colorado. If gonna, okay. They may. So they well, may if they win that, back. they'll be, what, six and five? Mm-hmm. If they win that, they will be five and six on the year. Oh man! So they've they got started it. off four and zero, oh, and then they've dropped everything since. So they're six four and in a six. row. Holy cow! I didn't even. I guess I didn't realize it was that bad. Even so, we know another name that might appear on the coaching carousel list. Well, I'm sorry, Dickard. I don't think it's. It, I don't think it will be. I think. I think he's okay. It's just one of those things that they're. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what to say for them. That that they had the it started off with the 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 loss on the road um, to uh, UCLA, right? That was the first yeah. one. I mean, that that's not even the like a, the worst loss or anything. But you you go from that to just looking at, at back, you know, the the game against um, the the game. Against Arizona was a throttle. You got you were competitive at Oregon, but knew that that wasn't likely to go their way. The ones that are really inexplicable are the two before this Cal game, losing by eleven at Arizona State. I mean, I guess going from Pacific Northwest to the desert, and Arizona State just beat UCLA, but even still, 
and then 10-7 at home to Stanford. I just they're they're tied with Colorado, the worst team record-wise in the Pac-12. And where the heck did that come from? When the, after mm-hmm. they beat Oregon State to you know and, and got to four and a four and zero start, now they've got yeah. to win out just to have a chance to to go bowling. That yeah. I mean, it's... just disappointing. Yeah, it's very, very disappointing to see. Um, it's not, it's not the most surprising. And uh, I just saw, it. yeah, I was able to get it working. Yeah, they, yeah, I was gonna say Seattle drills a game-winning field goal. So things are looking good for Washington, basically, is what mm-hmm. you're telling me, with the yeah. Seahawks and and the Huskies right now. Not yeah. so much if you're a fan of the team in Pullman, but yeah, I was gonna say. Right now, well, even then, the I'm sure Huskies fans are sweating bullets this weekend because uh, Oregon State is not a team I would dream of because that's that could be a letdown spot on it if I'm being I mean, entirely it's, honest. There's a lot of people that think it could be. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it all plays out. That's that's going to be a Wednesday preview, I would have to think. Um, man, we, we've rambled on long enough. I don't think we need to even talk about the, what's on the slides, but no, I, I, we will obviously, um, there's Those are one, three of the biggest games this weekend. So. Yeah. There's, there's one other game. Uh, it was 20 to three TCU at, at the end of the fourth quarter, won the game over Texas. So Texas is out of the playoff race. Wait, what do you mean? It was 20 to six to six in the other three quarters. That's not what I was told. Anyway. Uh, we we didn't even sad we, toad. No, sad it's, I mean toad. the fact that we didn't lose seventy six. I'll mm-hmm. I'll take that. Uh, man, that's that's kind of anyway. Um, so I'm I'm really surprised. I I thought that they played with a lot of heart and a lot of pride trying to win that game, especially in the fourth quarter. Just really could have used some of that in the the first half. Uh, this for Texas. This is now I think three or four games in a row that they've had a big lead in the second half that they've nearly blown. And that definitely will make you uh, start to wonder about them as we go forward, especially if they, uh, if they stumble, they've got Iowa state and Texas tech. I mean, they, I don't know. I don't think it's a guarantee that they're going to be a playoff team. So we'll, we'll, We'll check it out. We'll see what's going to happen. But TCU's got to win out in order to go so, bowling, and that's just not likely to happen at this point. So to kind of address one of the controversies from – Jonathan Brooks getting hurt towards no, ACL in the game? No, for oh, okay. for my rankings from this past week. Okay, yeah. Go for it. Having Alabama ahead of Texas, I think one of the big reasons why it – well actually it kind of just clicked is Texas the past few weeks. They're a completely different team in the second half of games and not in a good way. Like we've seen back-to-back games where they've got, they've got big halftime leads and they let it get away. They've been fortunate to win both of them. But, like, for instance, this week, you don't want to play too much with Iowa State either. No. They're, they're, there's an outside chance that they're one of, like, six possible eight 
eight, eight. possible. Okay, eight. eight possible teams. There's a possibility of an eight-way tie in the Big 12 for two the big championship 12. game spots. I don't, I don't even know what they would do if that were to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you want to throw a dollar, like a dollar parlay on the results needed to cause that eight-team tiebreaker to happen, Team Be Chaos. Our guest, made, we don't. We don't. We're not that much stupid gamblers. We don't encourage stupid gamblers. But uh, don't bet your mortgage because of that. But yeah. maybe a dollar or two if you yeah. if you like sprinkling a little here and there. But we're yeah, not degenerates. I, that that's that's the biggest reason why is Texas has struggled in the second half, whereas Alabama comes out at half and they just beat the app, ass yeah. off of anyone. I get and that. So, I get that. I do. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I under at the same time, I completely understand why you guys were pissed at me. Mm-hmm. I'm not not pissed, but just needing an explanation because you still have to. I, I don't care how good Alabama's looked in the since that week two game. I mean, yes, they've looked fantastic. That that mm-hmm. just makes it, in my opinion, a, the, the best win in the country at this point mm-hmm. by anybody. Uh, it may be even better than the best loss in the country, which is Oregon at Washington. You can make the argument that that you could have you could have the four undefeated teams, or well, you should say five because I'm not forgetting that Ohio State and Michigan are both undefeated. But you'd have four conferences represented in the top five that are undefeated, and then you have Texas, Alabama, Oregon. I mean, you could make that argument. I can understand it. I think Oregon, Oregon's loss and the way they've played is better than both Texas, Alabama. Even though Alabama has looked the part and they have the resume. Because of that pesky loss to Texas, until Texas stumbles, mm-hmm. it, when it becomes an argument between just Alabama and Oregon, absolutely Alabama is going to jump over Oregon. Unless Al- Oregon beats Washington in a potential Pac-12 championship mm-hmm. game rematch. Yeah. But that, that's I, still a long ways yeah. away. Yeah. We'll we'll see in that scenario. Yeah. Like, it's going to be interesting. Like, yeah. There's, there's still a lot of, of stuff to, to go mm-hmm. before we get to that point. Yeah, because like, uh, for instance, I'll, I know Auburn's been down, but you you can't just look past the Iron Bowl. Well, I mean, uh, what is it that's called the the layer of voodoo at Jordan-Hare? Yeah. Something like I, that, I, that, the voodoo yeah, magic of Jordan-Hare? We've seen in our lifetime a lot of weird shit happen at Jordan-Hare. So. What, what, it was like the, three this years... Feel- this Three feels out of the like four it, matchups between 2013 and 2019 yeah. were won by Auburn. Yeah, this feels like a year where Alabama could go into Jordan Hare and lose. Like I, I felt that from the start of the year. Like I, I don't know why. Like it just feels like it's one of those years. Hey, I, I had two losses before the season. One of them was not Auburn. The other one I did get mm-hmm. right. I didn't have Auburn beating them preseason, but I'm like, you know, if, if this, if, anyway. uh, if they've gotten Missouri instead of Kentucky, it might have been something that Alabama might have been in a bit. Of oh, trouble, yeah. But, Especially but no. on the road in Columbia, Faroe Field, one of the more underrated stadiums in college football. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ask the volunteers. Yeah. Well, ask any of the Tennessee schools because, uh, they went a combined 0-4 for the first time ever yeah. against a school in the same year. Memphis, Middle Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and Tennessee all lose 
to Missouri. So Missouri is the Tennessee State champs, uh, regardless of whatever high school Stop may claim. Count. Yeah, whatever high school may claim that. Mm-hmm. You you heard it here first. You you have to have um, the team from Columbia, Missouri, come in and play and them in order to declare yourself the I, true champion. I, I I do not advocate for that though because I, I do not advocate violence. Yeah, I was about to say we don't <laughs> need to see that. What happened in this game, Cam? This was this was a good game. This was seven to three Tennessee, and then all of a sudden it became the Cody Schrader show. Uh, the mm-hmm. volunteers had no answer for him on the ground. No. Cody Schrader's been one of the best kept secrets in the entire country, and this game shows why. Um, been overlooked um, his entire career, and he just popped off at the right time on the national stage. Like, Cook did good, too. Like, nothing against him. Like, Missouri as a whole did really good. Like, as as you see on the Tennessee side as well, like, somehow this is the first time they've been outgained. It surprised both of us, too. Yeah, it really did. But we out, went through out, and they verified, out, yeah. They, they outgained both uh, Alabama and uh, Florida, which I was It, really it was close, at. but yeah, <laughs> close I, on I the counts in horseshoes, hand grenades, and atom bombs. So That's, that's what they say. So with, with this, this, this really, this did lock up the SEC East for Georgia. Um, the SEC West are, was already locked up earlier in the day by Alabama beating Kentucky, but Tennessee was the only one because Missouri had lost last week that had a chance to to get to Alabama or get to face Alabama in Atlanta in a rematch. But because Tennessee lost this game, it will be the Georgia Alabama matchup that I think a lot of people were wanting to see uh, or have been wanting to see at least for for a few weeks now. But yeah, this was. Again, this is now Tennessee 0-3 when they don't get to rush for at least 200 yards. And, I mean, Missouri was dominant. They were able to control the ball, hold the ball a long time, really tire Tennessee's defense out. And Tennessee's offense just, I mean, they lost a a few of their receivers and they were really depleted at the position in this game. Um, And it just was a recipe that ultimately was not going to give them the victory at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I so, and I agree with that. Like Tennessee, Tennessee, they like as soon as they kicked the field goal with Mevis, it, it felt like all momentum swung Mizzou's way for whatever reason. And it kudos to Mizzou. They came in prepared for this game and absolutely balled out yeah missouri missouri's got i mean this is this this has been a a great year missouri still has a chance i think they're going to be uh if if they get a loss from alabama in the sec title game against georgia missouri is going to be a new year six team missouri might even be there regardless of that i was gonna say as long as they went out they could be either way, in my opinion. Like, as long as they're in that, they've top. got a they they've built themselves a solid enough resume. Because I mean, a loss to Georgia, a loss to LSU at home, but they look like the better team for a good yeah. majority of that. Like this and is both, really, and a, both a, were a not blowouts team. either. Like, no, I mean that, LSU thing. covered because of a pick six, 
and mm -hmm. Georgia did not cover. So, yeah, but yeah, but Missouri, Missouri's I, really good team. Got a possibility to go ten and two this year. Yeah, and which would us to Elijah Drinkwitz like having his team ready. They finally starting to see some. Yeah, we, something. we questioned him coming into the year. I, I, Tyler had said something about eating his words uh, mm -hmm. earlier after what he said in the preseason about Drinkwitz, but mm -hmm. so suffice it to say that this score made the folks in Athens happy, but this score made them even happier because they keep the winning streak alive in Athens, 27 in a row, the second longest streak in SEC history. They've got a chance to tie that number on the road in Neyland Stadium against the Volunteers on uh, this upcoming Saturday. But uh, they get past Ole Miss, and it really was never in doubt. They they got, you know, they fell behind 7-0. They answered back with a score. They get a stop, they get a score, and from there it was on. I, I think it was at one point like 14 to 14 early yeah. in the second quarter, and you thought, well, maybe, but mm -hmm. uh, no. Okay, I, cool. I, Ole Miss hangs around like we thought they would. No. And no. But then they, I mean, they, they Turns hung around. Turns out that was a fucking lie. Well, they, they hung around like we thought they would before Georgia pulled away. I mean, we said mm -hmm. that Ole Miss would hang around, but Georgia would pull away and cover. We didn't expect them mm -hmm. to pull away and cover <laughs> by the but before before halftime. Three times uh, over. <laughs> oh yeah, they, they were they went from tied fourteen all with fourteen sixteen to go in the first half to up forty five fourteen in the span of two quarters and four seconds. So yeah. they they went on a what a thirty one to mm. over the, the spread was ten and a half, right? <clears throat> yep. Well, they uh, covered about almost almost yeah, four times over. To, yeah, I was gonna say three and a half times over. So, yeah. but I mean, here's here's what I wanted to uh, point out. Now that we we've got a second, so you know, people have been talking about this Georgia team, and it's, it's going to happen. They're going to be caught slipping. You know, the South Carolina game, the Auburn game. They found they were resilient. They had found ways to win, even the the game you know, against, uh, oh, who was it? That, I, mean, I think it was Vanderbilt. They were kind of, you know, early around, they were in a bit of a struggle, and then they got Bowers that went down. Uh, Bowers did come back and play in this game. But um, look at this. So the last four, four of the last five games after that Auburn game, 51-13 to 13 against Kentucky. 37 to 20 at Vanderbilt when Bowers goes down, they really didn't have to do a whole lot to win that game. But everybody's saying, oh, without Bowers, they're going to lose to Florida 43 to 20. Oh, without Bowers, Missouri's going to come in there. You better watch out. They're going to get them 30 to 21. Ole Miss, man, they're a good team. They're in the top 10. Georgia, this is going to be the time, right? 52 to 17. Georgia said I, I, no. I think we need to stop. Realize, or we need to realize that this Georgia team, you know, there it's not going to be because somebody's coming to town. Nobody's going to be intimidated if you're a Georgia Bulldog. They're not intimidated by anybody. It's going to be somebody plays a better game, coaches a better game. Everybody's already looking ahead to that Alabama game. That's a possibility because of the way that Bama's played. But, man, Georgia's offense against Bama's defense is really going to be interesting to see. It's not going to be because of Georgia's defense that wins them the game. 
Their their defense is good, mm-hmm. but I I think it's going to be their offense that ends up winning them. If they're if they're going to be a, the the first team in ninety something years and the first time in the pole era to win again, win the three peat, it's going to be because their offense. I mean, look at what mm-hmm. look at what their offense has. Improved it's scary. So much as the years gone on, like that's a thing a lot of people aren't talking about as well. Like, yeah, I mean, Carson, you had. Milton Carson ran for 127. Really you had uh, uh, what's his face that ran as well for them. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling right now to to think, but uh, it's uh, their other running back, uh, Dijon Edwards. Edwards, thank you. I, I knew it was. I just couldn't think of the name. Even with all that, 12 for 59. Yeah. They, they ran for over 200 yards. They had over 600 total yards of offense against Ole Miss. Ole Miss has done this, you know, where they've, they've had a couple of games that they've allowed 500 or more total yards. But you see it on the screen. It's only the fifth time since 2021. They had five in 2020 alone. They have been better on the defensive side of things than they're given credit for mm-hmm. in Oxford. And this was just a total buzzsaw. Georgia, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Dude, telling you, this, this is yeah. – I, th- I think this is the best team in the country. I, I think this is the best team in the country. And it's really going to be interesting to see if this w- this win is enough to boost them ahead of Ohio State. We thought that last week with the Missouri win, it might be enough. This week, you know, Notre Dame, they didn't lose, but I, can't, I don't remember if they were even playing, to be honest with you. I, I was going to say I don't think Notre Dame I didn't think so. They've got, they've got uh, Wake Forest and – Stanford left, if I'm not mistaken. So they should be finishing up the regular season nine and three. All that to say, though, that I, I think this win is is better than than anything that Ohio State has at this point. This was a more complete win. This was a more dominant win. Ohio State's best win, the Penn State game, was at home. You saw Michigan, which we'll talk about here in a moment. In fact, this could be a perfect segue. You saw Michigan go in there and really just completely dominate. Not in terms of what the scoreboard says, but they physically dominated. They were, yeah, it was a physical game. dominant performance. They imposed their will. They had troubles with Penn State's defense. Yes, of course they did. But when you run 32 straight times to finish a game, I get it because the way that that Penn State's passing defense is, the way they can get pressure, you don't want to, tr- to risk it and, and throw the ball around. But they didn't have to. If you can win this game without throwing passes, why should you be punished? Why should you be penalized for doing exactly what is, you know, the weakness, if you will, of Penn State or finding something that you thought was a weakness? I was going to say, and even then, it's not really a weakness. It's just Michigan is the much more physical team. The offensive line is able to dominate the Penn state front seven. Like most teams, most teams are not going to replicate what Michigan did. As good as good as their offensive line has been, it's not as good as it has been in years past, but that doesn't mean it's not good. That Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they're still not one of, of the best offensive lines in the country. You know, Mm -hmm. Blake Corman and Donovan Edwards have not had the same kind of production this year, but they really haven't had to. I mean, they came through and, and really had, you know, some tough physical runs. You had, Child agrees with you. Yeah, I, I thought so. 
you had this game, you know, obviously you can make the you can make note of, of a couple of big plays that really opened the door that you know were more Penn State mistakes as opposed to anything that Michigan did. You can see it that way. Penn State hung around. They just could not do enough offensively against Michigan's defense. Michigan didn't have to do more. They didn't have to run up the score or, or put a whole lot of points on the board to win a game like this. When you can run the ball, when you can play defense and play physical defense and wear down your opponent, it's going to take you far. I, I, I think that this is a really good win. When you combine this win with Georgia's win over Ole Miss, I think that puts Georgia one. And then the question then becomes, you have a common opponent. Ohio State has the better win if you look at the numbers. Michigan had to go on the road to win. What do you look at? What's more impressive? What do you? How do you weigh that? Do you put Michigan at two? Do you put Ohio State at two? Do you leave Georgia at two and, and keep Ohio State at one? Or do you flip Michigan and Ohio State one to three and leave Georgia two? Like there's, I don't know how they're going to solve this. They may keep it. They may keep it as is, and next week they'll say something along the lines of, you know to set up a one versus two showdown with, mm-hmm. with for the game. I don't know yeah. if that if that's what they'll do. I, I can't imagine that it will. It was two versus three last year. It may be that way again this year. Yeah, I was going to say two versus three is still a potential game of the century type. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like Michi, I, I, I don't – I honestly don't envy the the committee this year. Because no. you have all, because you're a hundred percent right. You do have all three teams with very compelling arguments. Like a lot of people have been critical. Oh, Ohio State is not the best team in the country, and like yeah. I don't disagree. However, at the same time, there now there's a team that has you a resume can't really argue that's that. comparable. Michigan's got a similar resume, well, not to the same degree as the other two, but Michigan it's still very good and they've been dominant so far and they're able to physically dominate teams like the other two cannot. Um, yeah. And McCarthy has stepped up a lot. Like I know he only went seven for eight for 60 yards this week, but that's literally all he had to, had to fucking do this. week. <laughs> like, and, and you don't want him throwing against like, Kaelin King in this insane secondary. Like, yeah. this secondary is probably the best in college football right now, quite frankly. And you don't want to throw him to the wolves like that. Um, yeah, we had a great point sure. made to us before the show by our friend Colin. Mm-hmm. Penn State, number one in turnover margin this year. And that is true. Mm-hmm. They've been so good at forcing turnovers and being able to capitalize with them offensively. That explains why against everybody else, they're averaging 40 points a game for the most part mm-hmm. against Penn state or Penn state against Michigan, Ohio state. They have 27 points combined in those two games. Smart Just teams who don't turn the don't ball, turn the, turn the ball over. Yeah. And have players like Marvin Harrison, Jr. Blake Corum and so many others that are mm-hmm. on the field that, are just smart players that are not going to, you know, make stupid mistakes for the most part. Michigan yeah. didn't have to. Michigan didn't have to 
do anything more than what they did. When you yeah, just no. impose your will and wear an opponent down mentally, physically, in the manner in which they did. And it's not like Penn State didn't get stops. They did. But Michigan did yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And the more that that happened, you could see the, the, the psyche change. And after they went for it on the fourth down in their own territory and then Michigan scores the Shit. touchdown on the very next play to make it 24 to nine. That, that was it. That was it. Just like when Penn state said, Oh, played Ohio state. I don't, I don't put this loss on the defense too, too much. And it's not on Mike Yersich either. He's a scapegoat for a bigger problem to a degree. Like I do think Yersich is part of the issue there. Yeah. I just don't, I I don't see it getting better though. I don't see the offense. I mean, they were better last year before he came in with, uh, especially running the ball. Mm-hmm. What happened? Where did that team that could run the ball so well against Here, everybody, especially yeah. Utah in the, the in the Rose Bowl? Yeah, I, I they just vanished. Yeah, like I, I think part of it is Irichich has a tendency to kind of over scheme, like against teams like a Michigan or an Ohio State. Like he's like, oh, they have physically dominant front sevens. Let's not run the ball against them. Let's try to beat them through the air like like what we've seen against them. And clearly it doesn't work because at Penn State right now, you're set up to play complementary football with a little more lean towards the run. Um, and so like when they get away from it, or when they have to get away from it because you've passed so much. Like, yeah, I I can rant for hours about Iris Iricic being part of the issue. Like he, I like, I'm not even saying he is the issue at Penn state. He's a part of it, but Franklin could also step up his offense more. Like what we've seen, for instance, here's a great example. Michigan do. We've seen Michigan do that over the past few years where they they play very similar to what they did beforehand. However, rather than just I formation, I formation, I formation, they they've updated their game to where it's like it's more of a spread coast style of offense than the old West Coast that they used to do. And and the um, and we've seen Penn State over the past few years get away from when Franklin got there. When Franklin got there, they were they were more like what Michigan is now. They they were spread you out, but very much so West Coast offense type of um, concepts. And it worked. I mean, you and see, it you, you saw the win they over Ohio State in 2016. It. You saw the, the couple mm-hmm. wins that they've had against Michigan, Michigan going back 2015, 2017, 2019 when yeah. they've been at home. Now they, they yeah. haven't the last couple yeah. times they've lost the, what three or in a row now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, they got away from the, from the be- bread and butter that they built where they yeah, They were primed to have a Michigan type of offense where it's like, yeah, they'll spread you out a little bit and still run West Coast 
um, balanced run scheme type of thing. But yeah, and, and it goes back to when Irchich took over this offense, quite frankly. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Good breakdown. Well, that's going to do it for this edition. We did go uh, two and four as the locks and upsets. Tyler was 0 for 2. Cam got the upset pick of New Mexico State right. I kind of took a shot in the dark. It didn't work out. Uh, Tyler went with a couple of things that I think he thought if if Jason Bean didn't go down, then Kansas mm-hmm. was going to cover against Texas. Oh, I think a lot of people did. Memphis had to go to overtime to beat Charlotte. JMU did cover against UConn, so uh, that was my pick that got right. So the standings right now going into week 12. Tyler's still in first place with 12. Cam has nine. I have eight. And we'll try to see so what we can do. telling me there's a chance. We'll try to catch up. We'll try to make that happen on uh, starting on Wednesday. We're, we'll try to see if we can get to the point that we're going to catch up to him. We're going to need some help, but I think by this point last year, he'd already locked things up. So, But that's going to do it for this installment of Loudmouth CFB without Tyler. You know, no reason that we were going to try to do personal segments without him. So we mm-hmm. will be back on Tuesday night for another installment of Loudmouth Live, the new committee rankings. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And is this the week that they do it in between basketball games? I want to make sure before I, uh, I say the, the time on that. Uh, that it's not What's up? Can you repeat that? I was going to say, is this the week that they do it in between basketball games or is that next week? I think that's next week. Because right, next see. week is when the big tournaments really start. Uh, no, I think it is this week. Because this week they've got Duke-Michigan State on Tuesday night. And then you have, uh, I know, man, not happy. Kansas-Kentucky. So I think they're doing the CFP. I think she's break. getting a new tooth. So. Okay. So you, you, I think this week it is going to be in between the two basketball games. So... That should be about nine o'clock Eastern is when that's supposed to be. So we'll we won't be uh, live and until closer to the end of that basketball game, leading into it. But somebody's not a happy camper, yeah. and we'll maybe it'll be like last year where uh, <laughs> where we started it and then that game went into went like, to like double overtime, twelve or overtime. Oh my gosh, it didn't go into twelve, <laughs> but it felt like it did. It was an eternity. Like, I think we waited for an hour. We were going to start, and they went for an hour before we even got to the rankings because of how long that game dragged out. So yeah. we'll try oh to learn God. our lesson this year. Um, yeah. But be on the lookout for that about 9 o'clock Eastern, roughly, on Tuesday for Loudmouth Live. Wednesday, we're back with a normal show. It'll be Tyler, Cam. I'll be around in some form or facet. Um, mm. I haven't quite decided what I'm going to do, but I'll probably going to try to do some some stuff ahead of time for the most important matchups and record my segment record my locks and upsets so that i'm still involved in the show and i'll just like have them all as uh videos that can be played like our intros played so but anyway until uh until tuesday we'll be back then to uh Give you all the mm-hmm. latest on the CFP rankings. We'll have our, I think we'll have our loudmouth 25, 
Loudmouth top 25 on either Tuesday, no later than Wednesday for sure. But uh, Tuesday night, 9 Eastern, Wednesday, we're back at 6 p.m. Eastern. And mm-hmm. we will see you next time here on Loudmouth CFB.